Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Here are three things that you can't get back in life. Number one, time is obvious. So I'm going to go with knowing what the risk could have led to. This is something you cannot get back. Whatever your risk is, whatever you're thinking about that you want to do, but you're afraid because it involves, you know, possibly losing something or involves financial insecurity or it involves people being mad at you or whatever if you don't take that risk especially if that risk is tied to your truth and what you really want then you can't get back what that could have led to now here here's what i've learned in life is it doesn't mean that it you know what you get out of it is going to be success it could be that what you get out of it is a lesson, is learning, is data. You know, as someone who um, I've always kind of been a mad scientist and I've always um, – I always build a bus while I'm driving it. And I do that – I force myself to do that because I know that if I don't, um, I'm not going to do it because fear is going to kick in. And then once fear kicks in – Whatever I uh, am curious about, whatever I want to build, whatever I want to do, um, I, I, I can't get back that that risk could have led to or whatever that risk could have led to. And of course, obviously, you know, success, depending on your definition, um, or if it wasn't successful based on your <laughs> definition, um, the learning and then suddenly the learning or the practice or the the uh, exploration of something, you know, the data um, that can spark other ideas, that can be what you need to try again and make it better. I mean, it's that that can be the gold, you know. And I think a lot of people we uh, minimize that because we're so focused on what we visualize in our head as success. And if we don't get that, then we have failed. And usually, I've learned through life that um, the gold is found underneath the failure. The gold is found through the process of trying to make something quote-unquote a success. And in doing so, uh, you discover you know, so much, whether it's something about yourself or you discover information or you realized uh, you made a left instead of a right. And now you know that if you make a right, it's going to lead to... Um, more results, you know, or whatever that is, or maybe through the process, you meet someone, and that collision leads to greater things. Even if it's a friendship, you know, I think we put so much value on success and money and what we're building, and we don't put value on um, things like friendships and meeting someone that you would have never met before but because of this you met and this person becomes a a valuable friend okay the second thing that you can't get back in life uh speaking of friendships is 
what you say slash how you treat someone. If you, uh, and you know, of course you can say you're sorry and people can forgive you, but if you're a dick to someone, if you say things you don't mean, if you're assassinating character, uh, or if you treat someone in, in a horrible way, and, and of course we're all guilty of this because we're human, you, you can't take it back. I mean, when I think about all the people that have, that has been shitty to me, all, all the way down to uh, fifth grade, we're playing baseball and this guy, Caesar, um, who was a friend because we were both skaters, and he was an older kid that actually I thought admired me because uh, he's always been cool to me. I admired him. In those days, <laughs> the admiration is tied to how high you can ollie on a skateboard. So uh, he had a really high ollie, <laughs> so I admired him. Um, but we were playing baseball, and I remember I was up at bat, and he started saying, uh, hey, chinky, chinky, chinky. You know, he started making these uh, racial remarks. And I remember I was shocked because he was a friend and we skated together and suddenly he's getting all racist and shit. And, you know, we didn't get into a fight, whatever, uh, fun and games, moving on. But but he, he could never, from that day on, and of course we went to, you know, grade school, high school, all the way, you know, um, all those years. Uh, and he wasn't my best friend, but, you know, he was around and we'd always uh, kind of see each other. I never forgot, I never forgot the day that he was calling me a chink. And he, doesn't matter how nice he was after, because he was super, you know, nice and bro-y and shit. Um, he couldn't take that back. It's something I never forgot. And even, I mean, think about it. I'm 49 now, and I still remember this. Now, it doesn't bother me. I don't think about it every day. I actually haven't thought about it until now. Um, but it's it's in me. It's it, it, There's an imprint there. And so one of the things that I've learned is to uh, put a speed bump between what I feel and what I say and make sure that what comes out of my mouth is something I'm not going to regret. You know, because you can't take that shit back. And also, how you treat someone. And it's usually not the people that we treat that we, that are, you know, that are um, the valuable relationships in our life. Because, of course, we um, are more cautious w with those relationships. Uh, we also have more time with them. So if we treat them poorly, we, we you know, we can adjust and it can be cumulative. Um, for me it's like the barista it's the valet guy it's the you know and i don't i don't treat them bad but i find myself not being extra nice you know i find myself being short and impatient if uh, someone gets my order wrong i find myself not making eye contact i find myself uh treating people in service not like people you know and then I feel bad about it because I also believe that it, it's a big sign of character. You know, when you're on a date and your date treats you really well, um, but then he treats the valley guy like shit or the server like shit, I, to me, that's a red flag. You know, to me, that's a, that's a sign of character. Um, now, I don't treat people like shit, uh, or at least I don't think I do, um, but I could definitely be kinder. I could be more patient. 
Um, I can make eye contact. I can treat them like people. And when I say them, I was also one of them because I was a server. I've, you know, bus tables. I've, I've been in, I also um, uh, ran a restaurant bar club as a family business in Hollywood for, for many years. So um, being in the service industry, uh, I should definitely be more patient, be more kind, you know, all of that stuff. So uh, you can't take that back. How you say, what you say and how you treat someone. And finally, number three, now of course there's many things that you can't take back in life, but these are just three that I thought of. Um, you can't take back the love of your life, parentheses, or what you thought. Because uh, I think many of us, me included, have or is struggling with loving with our past, and that means thinking about all the what ifs if a previous relationship in the past worked out or if he was different or if you were in a different place or if he just was more like this or if you were just like that you know um earlier love usually not all the time because i know people who have you know post divorce found their love of their life later um i feel like i found my love of my life uh but when we think when we think about like your love of your life we we usually tend to um and by the way my definition of love of my life is very different right but we usually tend to go back to the relationship that gave us the most dopamine the relationship that um was chaotic and a little bit crazy and that created um a ride you know healthy relationships are not that exciting and and (laughs) when things aren't that exciting it's uh we label them as kind of um boring you know i i kind of um i kind of picture it like uh meals when you eat a meal that's good for you um of course there's a lot of meals that are good for you and delicious but a lot of times they're, they're kind of bland um but they're good for you and if you keep eating meals that are good for you it's going to make you better you could eventually enjoy um meals that are good for you because your taste buds change as well uh but it's you know eating the uh quarter pounder with cheese behind the dumpster with the uh, coke and fries that that's (laughs) that's addictive and that's exciting and that's you know but that's also lined with shame and it's also not sustainable and that's going to, you know, give you <laughs> not only are you going to gain weight, but you are um, you're going to fuck up your insides. And so I think relationships are the same in that sometimes we label the love of our life as the uh, the quarter pounder and cheese behind the dumpster. <laughs> it's, it's the uh, uh, the stuff that gave us the most mo- the most high the collisions that were crazy and powerful uh and also the love that we lost that we thought we wanted you know but like 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 the love that we when we got rejected and something about things that we can't have make make us want it more and then we mistake that for the one that got away or the love of our life and so you can't get that back and i gotta say you weren't meant to because if you were meant to be with the love of your life you would be 
that is a choice to believe. Um, and I think it's a, a helpful choice. Uh, so you can live more in the present and not in the past. So these are the three things you can't get back in life. I don't know if any resonate with you, but hopefully um, if they do know that they are in the past and not retrievable and to start leaning forward and think about all the things that you have today that you can have in your life or what's coming, you know, what you're building, what could be that you can't have in your in your life and try to train your brain to live there and to get obsessed with those things instead of dwelling on all the things that you can't get back because it's such a waste of energy. Thank you for listening. Be well. Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. When I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordeaux, Lumia Coach Training. And it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.